Welcome to the Guys from Podcast, just two guys answering the internet's questions. I'm Sean Cordingly. And I'm David R. Smith. Today's first question comes to us via at Sean Cord. Everybody wants us to talk about our reactions to the Star Wars Rogue One trailer. Yeah, I got five messages the last time I checked. Yeah, so, <laughs> so as soon as it dropped last week, after we had already recorded last week's podcast, yep. we both kind of went, well, we know what we're talking about next week. Yep. That was one of those... You know, we'll save... The, I guess if you've seen the title, you know what we're talking about next, but... Yeah. But, that was... that that This one was a given. I got here and was like, I don't know what the second part of our podcast is going to be today, but I know the first part. Yeah, exactly. So, initial feelings? Oh, man. And you're not the Star Wars fan. I know. <laughs> like, I like the Star Wars story. I really enjoy the movies. Yep. You I think finally it's a, saw Force Awakens. I know. I'm totally caught up on the Star Wars movies. I can't say I'm totally caught up on Star Wars and no, never say because that because there's just <laughs> a million million that. things that I can like. There's the the books and the TV shows and the comic books. Yep. Yeah. So there's there's so much that I could I could be watching and reading. So I'm not caught up on everything, but I am caught up on the movies. Right. So, uh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's a really cool idea. I mean, when we first, I think way back when we first found out about uh, Force Awakens, we were yep. talking about how the Star Wars universe can just kind of expand, and you would talk about Rogue One. Yeah. About the idea of... It was in my most anticipated movies of the year as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just the idea of... of a prequel to A New Hope. Yep, Star Wars stories, where they're filling in gaps in what is essentially the movie stories. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, what an unreal concept. Yeah. And what a good one to kind of launch this off. Yep. Because Seven worked. Yeah. It did. Yeah. It worked really well. I'm like, I'm looking forward to that story continuing. Yep. But as far as filling in the gaps, it's like, okay, this is... This is the, the the most logical place to start. Yeah, it is. How did they get those plants? Exactly. Let's, let's figure this out. Oh, man. Uh, what are your original reactions? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I was expecting this, right. I think, because now that it is in Disney's hands and they are taking it to people who can tell stories and can write stories... Nothing against George and what he did, sure. but at the same time, it was just like, it's moved past him, it mm-hmm. moved beyond him after the first three, when it became Star Wars, and became something that everybody cared so much about. Yeah. Because the first, like, the prequel trilogy, mm-hmm. you could tell that he wanted, like, he still wanted to be the experimental, like, maverick kind of guy that he was originally. When he did the original ones. And that, at the time, meant trying CG and doing mm-hmm. different stories, but I have to build it in this, and I have to explain stuff and all of that. No, it's moved on from that, unfortunately for him. Yeah. Except for how much money he has made, so he's fine. Sure. <laughs> I'm curious to know... It would be interesting to see those Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, yep. and Revenge of the Sith. Yep. Huh. Uh, if they were... If they would have been in the hands of, like, J.J. Abrams... Yeah. Somebody who can tell a story and... Because it would be really interesting to see that Anakin... Uh, the fall. Yeah. Yep. Done properly. Yeah. So it's it's disappointing that we kind of 
We got what we got. We got what we got, yeah. But that said, we can make up for it by having well, Force like, Awakens and Rogue One and any other offshoots that the Young will Han happen. Solo films. Yeah. Is that is that kind of next? Is Young Han Solo? I think so. Okay. That would be also pretty great. I think it's Phil Lord and Chris Miller, which makes me stupidly happy. Come on! <laughs> which makes a lot of sense for that because they're both kind of nerds. Yep. But also, they'll bring that humor that comes along with Han Solo. Yep. Oh, man. Let me double check. But that was the last thing I had heard. Do we have any idea who they might have slated to play him? Untitled Han Solo Star Wars Anthology film, directed by Phil Lord and Chris Miller. To be written by John Kasdan and Lawrence Kasdan. Okay. Oh, you don't recognize? I feel like I should know who those are, but... Uh, Lawrence Kasdan wrote, like, Star Wars... The Return hmm. of the Jedi, New Hope. Like, he was one of the writers oh. on that. Um, yeah, it's Alden Ehrenreich. Okay. He is the kid from Hail Caesar. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Again, as per usual on this podcast, I showed Dave a picture from IMDb, so you can just all check that out. Check perhaps. that. He's one of those guys, like, he's still fairly new to the scene, I think, so he hasn't done a lot, but I definitely recognize Very. his face. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that also sounds really fun, yeah. and I and that's like I've talked to some people, or I've seen it on Facebook and stuff. People are more excited about the Force Awakens, or sorry, about Rogue One than than they were about the Force Awakens. Yeah, having seen that trailer, they're like, okay, I'm more excited about Rogue One than I am about the Force Awakens. Sure, and I think because like part of it was the Force Awakens was a proof of concept. Mm-hmm. The Force Awakens was okay. We can fix this. We're giving it to one of the best genre storytellers on the planet. That was J.J., right? He did? Yeah. Yeah. Like, he he made the Star Trek universe in film relevant again, mm-hmm. and it had driven itself into the ground. Yeah. So they gave it, and he's a Star Wars fan, so they gave it to the guy who wanted this to be good again. Yeah. And look where it got. And so, yeah. who's directing this one? Gareth Edwards. Okay. Godzilla. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so... That's that's why it would be so visually striking. Like, even in just the, the trailer, it was visually striking. Yeah. some really cool stuff. Uh, and it's written by Chris Weitz, or Weitz, okay. whatever. He wrote, like, About a Boy, Golden Compass. Okay. Um, worked with Woody Allen on Ants. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And Tony Gilroy, who wrote basically every Bourne movie. Oh. State of Play. Okay. Um... Devil's Advocate. Oh, nice. That sort of stuff. Okay. So, so you've got kind of the the, the storyline from Vites, and then you've got what is basically like the action suspense from Gilroy. Yeah. Okay. Or there, what's probably most most likely is Vites will handle more of like the pacing and that sort of stuff. Okay. For dialogue sections, whereas Gilroy might be handling more of the action sequences and guiding where the tension comes from, but they're they're going to work probably hand-in-hand hand doing that, it. Yeah. So. Well, that seems like a pretty good writing tandem. Yeah. Uh, cool. If you take about a boy and the born ultimatum and <laughs> smush them together, that's Rogue One. That sounds awful. <laughs> Hugh Grant and Matt Damon. Yep. In the new Star Wars movie. I'd watch it. Star Wars, I'd probably watch it regardless. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I mean, 
we've talked, we've done this, we've done reactions like the last two weeks, I think. Yep, this is the third straight week of <laughs> of trailer reactions. You guys must really like them. Plus, there's been a lot of really good stuff dropped lately, and yeah. that that helps too. It I makes mean, a big difference because yeah. we're not going to be doing everything, no, obviously, and you're not asking us to do everything. But when, like, what was last week? Luke Cage and was uh, last week the Dunkirk one, or is Luke Cage Dunkirk, and then the week before was Skull, uh, Skull Island and something else. Right. I can't remember. It was something in Sc- and, and, and Kong. Justice League, wasn't it? Yeah. Because it was the Comic-Con. Yeah, that's yeah. the one. Yeah, so it was last week was Luke Didn't Cage even and remember. Dunkirk. There's how much Justice League <laughs> stuck with Dave. <laughs> it looks great, you guys. <laughs> can't wait. <coughs> so, Star Wars. <laughs> yep. There's this was a two minute trailer packed with detail. stuff yep. and detail. Tons I mean, of detail. Sean and I have taken to okay. So this is our process, you guys. We watch the trailer. Yep. Then we watch the trailer and pause it and write down all the different details. Like it was much more specific in Dunkirk because of how little there was in it. It was a minute seven, and it was mostly just images and clock ticking. So yeah. yeah. Whereas this one was two minutes of a whole bunch of stuff yeah. happening. And then we close the patio door because we keep it open as long as we can because it gets damn hot in Sean's apartment. Yep. And then we watch it one more time, then immediately hit record and start talking about it so right. that it's fresh in our brains. Yes. There was a lot... Usually, like, as we go through, it's like one page worth of stuff. One eight and a half by eleven sheet of paper. One side. It's like, okay, we'll write everything down. It's good. This one, we got two pages. Yep. There's so much stuff in there. Yep. So I guess we just kind of get right into it. Sean gets the piece of paper because the fan blew it over at him. <laughs> if he can read my chicken scrawl. Well, we start off at the city. Yeah. Which is slightly different. We don't see... like Desert is not rare mm-hmm. in Star Wars. Like We get to what gets really different in the second half of the trailer, where we get to the Maldives. Yeah. And it's like, oh... Tropical, <laughs> and there's an ATAT and stormtroopers on a beach, which is weird. So weird, but kind of cool. Yeah, it's awesome. Just it's like it's, it is Dunkirk different. meets. I don't know what else. <laughs> I was trying to. I just like it's on a beach, so like it. It just seems like such a weird concept in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. Because we've never had a tropical place before. It's we've never been... needed. To, we've never had palm trees. It's just like desert, snow, redwood forest. Yeah. So lava planet in revenge. Oh, like Naboo is just kind right. of fields and yeah stuff. Yeah. But I mean, it's in a gigantic universe, and yeah, it's in its own galaxy. A galaxy. They far, can move far around away. the galaxy. Yeah. So why why could Sean is playing No Man's Sky right now? Yep. So. Have you landed on a planet with palm trees yet? Yes. There, see? So it does exist. Yeah. There are, if No Man's Sky has palm trees, then clearly the Star Wars universe can have palm trees. It also had horrifying acid rain, but that's another conversation. What, the, no Man's Sky? Yeah. Oh. The planet with the palm trees had horrible, like, rad levels and acid rain. It was awful. <laughs> <laughs> I got out of there as quickly as I could. Ooh, this planet has palm trees. I'm going to go, oh, God, no! <laughs> yeah. All my warning signs start going off. I'm just like, back to my <laughs> ship, and I'm gone. Awesome. Uh, yeah, so you've got the the city. Like, that's nothing new. Usually, There's 
often a city in Star Wars. Well, people tend to congregate in cities, so that is there the are thing cities. that happens. So, yep. but I mean, in the city, you had those weird like. At first, we thought they were flapping, which would be a really weird thing that ships did. Yeah, but there's like they're they're like transport platforms or something. Yeah, I think they're troop transports for the star destroyers. Okay. I believe. Yeah, so then you have the one that it's taking off, and so it was. It has its its arms down as it's coming up. It raises up, right? When it's landing, they raise up that. They raise... And when they spoof it on Spaceballs, it's the one that just goes on and on and on in that yeah, long shot. exactly. Yeah. Well, it, they don't really have access points from the front or the sides. It's from the bottom. Remember when the Tanti 4, the ship that Leia's on, when they, they come over top and then it gets sucked in underneath. So right. that would be why transports would have them under to go up and then okay. land. That makes sense. Alright. Yeah. Okay, so then you have those, and we couldn't figure it out, and it's like, I don't know what's happening here. They look like they're flapping. Oh no, they're just one's taking they're, off and one's landing. Yeah, but just in that shot, it was like, are those flappy bird ships? <laughs> That's an interesting concept. That would be really, really strange, but kind of cool. It's like... All these other ones have big jets and, and fuel packs and everything, and these ones, they literally fly by flapping. It's like, like those are the slowest things ever. <laughs> they're like luxury cruise ships. There you go. They're the blimps. That's they're what the... the rich people use to get around the city so they don't have to wander around in all that squalor. There you go. Uh, and then we get to see Jin. Jin? Yeah. Jin. Jin Erso. Jin, what's her name? Erso. Erso? Yeah. Okay. Uh, played by the gorgeous Felicity Jones. Yep. And you see her, and then she's talking to Forrest Whitaker, who looks super grizzled. It's a good look for him, though. It is, I yeah. like it. He kind of got, does he have the beard and, like, kind of the high hair? Yeah. And, like, he's perfect for the Star Wars universe. Yep. Like, he's just... Some sort of mercenary type. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, I should have written down what he said, but it doesn't really matter. There's a lot of dialogue in this one. Yep. Um, but then we get that mountain fort with the Star Destroyer yep. floating kind of above. And, like, is that the same? It's not the same as the city, is it? It might be. That's kind of what I That's was wondering. That's kind of what I'm... Because we saw one of those weird flappy things taking off out of it. Yeah. And so I wonder if that was just the pull-out shot. Because th- that city looks like it was up on kind of a the edge of a canyon. Right. And so then you have this weird fort-looking thing. Yeah. And it's hundreds of feet up in the air. But... We have the Star Destroyer that is that is there to represent the scale between the, the city and the Star Destroyer. Yep. But then there's a later shot that we'll get to where you have another shot of scale between the Star Destroyer and the big-ass Death Star. Yep. So, it is inter- so I wonder if maybe they do that just to get an indication of the size of the Destroyer and then the size of the Destroyer versus the Death Star. Everything is established in scale. Mm-hmm. Which makes perfect sense. In two so, minutes, they establish how, like, the set of everything. Yeah. Which is really cool. Yeah. Um, so, that, yeah, then we cut from that into the base with, well, you said they were the same maps as the one that they have in, in A New Hope. Yep. So that's really starting to tie everything together, which... Would make sense, because that's where the Rebel base is. Which It's where the Rebel base is. It's where A New Hope takes off. So, I mean, this is just leading right up into it. So, obviously, that base would probably already exists. Yeah, it wasn't a new base. No. Right? Like, they do talk about Dantooine having the base on it. That's the name of the planet she gives first. Where are the Rebels? They're on Dantooine in oh. A New Hope. Okay. Um, 
Yeah. Dave, Dave got that blank Sean's talking details about Star Wars <laughs> look on his face. That's why I explained it a bit more. But that's where she Everybody says... Everybody else listening is like, oh yeah, I, I yeah. mean, I totally know what she's talking about there. Yeah. So that was a base that had already long been abandoned. It's like, oh, we've gone there. There's nothing there. Right. So okay. it, it is established in A New Hope that the base has already moved. So it's very possible. And later on in the in the trailer, I was like, that looks like all the temple stuff. This looks like it's probably actually Yavin 4. Yeah, he did say that. And then later, there's another shot where there's the temples, and he's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure this is Yavin 4. I was like, that's cool. <laughs> yep. Dave nodded and wrote stuff down. I did. And asked for spelling. Yep. Uh, okay, so the one thing in the in that, that part of the, the trailer that I was wondering is, so you have the the mount, or the the... the Maps and the kind of that fort area. Then you got the one, the the guy with the rebel coat, and you yep. pointed out there was a rebel coat because they had the five dots. Yep. And I was like, that's cool. I totally knew that. But he's one saying, "Can you be trusted without your shackles?" Right. Do we know who he's saying that to? Because her. it is her. Yeah. Okay. Because you see Diego Luna right after. Yeah. But and so it, like it almost looks like he's talking to her him. But nope. then she says, then it's immediately Felicity Jones right after saying, yeah. can we just get this over with? So I was like, I, personally, I didn't know which one it was. But later on, Diego Luna t- is talking about, I've been recruiting for the rebellion for a long time. So there's oh. no reason they would not trust him with this. Sh- but no, like it's fairly well established. I'm trying to avoid as much as I can because sure. I want to be as surprised as possible. Yeah. Despite knowing, you know, they have to get the Death Star's plans. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be quite a twist. They <laughs> fail, and it's the next mission. It's just like, oh, well, crap. Could you imagine? It's just like, they get executed, credits roll, and it's like... You thought you'd like the Star Wars stories, <laughs> did you? Well, you paid to see them. Tune in for Rogue 2. Aw, oh, dang it. <laughs> Coming in 2020, because that's oh. the next available window. <laughs> God. I read, t- complete tangent, I read about how the, the blockbuster bubble is going to burst in 2018 just because of all the different movies that are coming out in eight, 2018 and yeah. how it's just like, that's the problem is they're just jam-packing, there's six different Marvel, Mar- Marvel, Marvel movies coming out, six different DC movies coming out, sequels to this, sequels to that, everything's coming out and they only, you know, like, it's just kind of a snake eating its own tail because... Unless people are getting richer and going to every movie, it's like, this weekend's for this, this weekend's for that, this weekend's for that. And every weekend has something new. Yeah. So. I think some will get pushed, some will get pulled, and some are just going to fail. Yeah. I think that's just kind of the way it's going to go. But I I found that very interesting because that does kind of seem to be the trend. It's like, ten years ago there was a comic book movie that came out in the summer and maybe a couple disaster movies. Yeah. But there's always blockbusters. Always. Sure. Whether or not it was something like this. But there was still, it's like, alright, Armageddon's this summer, and then there's this movie, and there's this movie, and there's this big racing movie, and so those were <coughs> meant to be blockbusters? They've yes. just changed. Uh, for sure. It's just, now there there are so many that are meant to be blockbusters. It's like, can they all be blockbusters? No. Time will tell. What they need to do is just spread them out, and understand mm-hmm. that, and make some of them more niche. I'd like I'd be fine if Black Panther was rated R. Marvel, yep. Black Panther. Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. do a... Well, I mean, Deadpool, Deadpool works Deadpool... so well as a rated R movie, and not in a summer slot. Yeah. You put that out in the in the spring, you know, late, late, late winter, winter, early spring, yeah. 
And all of a sudden you have... I mean, this is... We're totally off on a tirade here, but... And? <laughs> I know. Uh, but but you make it rated R, and the people who want to go see it will go see it, but it's not competing with uh, Civil War or... Yep. A movie that just came... Like, even Suicide Squad, which has its own mixed reactions, but anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how we got on that conversation. Uh, Star Wars will be fine. Oh, yeah, Star Wars. Oh, we were talking about Rogue 2 because they yeah. were they, they destroyed And then the, I was like, 2020 is yeah. the next available window. For Star Wars? Is that what you were saying? Yeah. Because... Episode 8 will be next year. 2018? Well, that's not 17. next year. There you go. Yep. And then 2018 was when that Han Solo movie is supposed to come out. Okay. And then after that will be episode 9, wrapping up the next right. trilogy. That would make sense every and two then, years, yeah. Because they're pacing themselves. That makes now, perfect sense. Maybe yeah. they'll do two in a year. But even then, it's Star Wars. If you did one in June and one in December, I would have no problem with that. Yeah. But even now, I like this. Only in December. December is Christmas holidays and Star Wars time. (laughs) Fine. And, oddly enough, and it happens every year, all the horror movies that weren't released at Halloween come out at Christmas. Yep. Which is insane to me, but kind of awesome. It's just... People are going to the theaters. They have time off. Yeah, exactly. So, anyway, I don't see... Obviously, Rogue One is going to end with them... Getting the plans. Somebody's getting these plans. Yeah. Somehow Spoiler they're going to make alert. their way to Princess Leia's hands, and then we have a new hope. Yeah. Well, I'm guessing because Jimmy Smith is in it as Bail Organa. Right. I'm assuming the plans probably get to him, and that's where it ends, oh. rather than having to cast somebody to be a young Totally. Leia. And I, I I, didn't mean that you were going to see Princess Leia in this movie. I was more inferring that... At the end of this movie, we know what the next step is. Yes, Somebody exactly. has them and are, is going to be on their way to give them to Leia, basically. Yep. So. And with Bail Organa being in the film, that's my guess, <clears throat> is they'll probably give it to him. Yeah. So then we see Diego Luna, and then Mon Mothma. Yep. You're welcome. Thank you. I definitely almost called her Mothra still. <laughs> and she says, we have a mission for you. That's like the only piece of dialogue that we really wrote down, because... Well, that's the theme of the entire movie. Yeah. Is this mission. It's a heist movie now, in Star Wars. Yeah. Which is so cool. With war in it. Yes. It's like a war. It's it's a World War II heist movie in Star Wars. Yeah. Now, so then she's talking about this, and this is when we see the Star Destroyer kind of up next to the to the Death Star with, with uh, its primary weapon being put into place. That right. big dish thing that we talked about. Yes. That makes the world go kablamo. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I simplified it when explaining today. <laughs> Although that one I probably would have got. Because I've so. seen A New Hope. Is it Endor? No. Endor's in Return. Oh, okay. Which is the... What is the, the, the planet that they blow up with the Death Star? Alderaan. Alderaan. Damn it. Which is where Leia's from. Leia's from, from. Which yeah. Which is where Bail Organa will be, presumably. Because he's the senator for... Right. Right. For Alderaan. Right. Right. That's why the, all those Star Wars joke songs are looking for love in Alderaan places. Ah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. When Endor is in... Oh, is that where all the Ewoks are? Yes. Ah, okay. It's the forest moon of Endor, which was the Redwood Forest in Northern California. Right. Which is where the teddy bears are. <laughs> and originally it was supposed to be Wookiees, because they were going to go to Kashyyyk, which is the Wookiee home planet. Yeah. But that was expensive. So Why? Oh, to make that many Wookiees? And have that many people play Wookiees? Yes. That makes perfect sense. <laughs> it's a lot cheaper to have puppets or little people there dressed in... Yeah. Yeah. That makes way more sense. Yep. Depressingly so. Yeah. It's easier, too, because 
that's a lot of super tall people in big furry costumes. Versus a lot of super short people in big furry costumes. In but... small furry costumes. Oh, right, yeah, sorry. And those aren't shaggy. They're more like teddy bear fur. That's right? true, yeah. Whereas when you look at Chewie, he's got some flow to him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and not everybody can be as tall as Peter Mayhew. Right. Woo! Got his name. Anyway. Anyway, yeah, so... Yeah, so I, I've seen the Death Star blow up Alderaan, like, five times in yeah. all the five times I've seen A New Hope, or however many times I've seen it. Great. Uh, so I would have been able to tell you that the, the dish is the primary weapon. Yeah. So I got that going for me. Then you see the... I mean, we're just kind of going scene by scene. Then yeah. we see the X-Wing-looking thing, but it's not an X-Wing because it doesn't have the the ability to fold. Right. Or, like, what did you say? It doesn't have the ability... Yeah, to fold, basically. The wings won't fold out. Yeah. Because it's uh, not an X-Wing. But it's, like, a, a, an early incarnation of it. Because later... It looks like a transport ship slash, like, a hybridization of some of the Naboo ships from Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's... Is that where Anakin is? Is it on Naboo? That's where... Padme's from. Damn it! So bad. Well, because Anakin was on Tatooine, because that's where the sand oh. people, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah. See, that's why earlier when we were talking about Tatooine before we started recording, right. I was like, I didn't think that Luke was from Tatooine. But that's where Uncle Owen and Aberu live. Yes. Right, okay. Because they live on the moisture farm, so they returned him to where his dad was from. Right. Because there was already connections there. That makes perfect sense. Okay. And then Ben went to live in a cave. Okay. <laughs> yes. But I just, I was second-guessing myself, because I'm like, I'm sure Anakin was from Tatooine. Why yep. would Luke be there? But that all makes sense. It's all coming together. Yep. It's weird how that happens <laughs> in a universe where all the stories tie in. <clears throat> You're welcome. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, and then we get the the rebel pilots in captivity. Yep, you know, being led by the the stormtroopers, and like they're all dressed up in the same thing as Luke and and all those guys wear when they're going to raid the. I mean, again, this happens within probably a couple of years of of blowing up the Death Star, so yeah, it's not too far. So that it would make sense that the uniforms would be the same. And then we're on that weird, creepy planet with all the rock formations sticking up out of the like out of the fog and yeah. the mist for the first time, just flying around. Yeah. Just an establishing shot. Which seems to link into that mercenary guy. Mm-hmm. Just, like, the, the Empire destroyed our home. Yeah. I, we fight the Empire now. Yeah. We just call him this guy. He's the Asian guy who looks really intense. I could... I'm sure... I did look up who we thought it might be. Yeah. There's just... He looks so... Different, different. in his if headshot. If it's the guy that you talked about, or that you suggested it was... I'm 90% sure it is because I don't see anybody who looks like him in the rest of the cast list. So right. I think it's Wen Jiang. Okay. He also has a character name, which is Baze Malbus, whereas some of these other dudes are just like X-Wing pilot. Right. Personnel. So, yeah. so that's probably a pretty good guess. We just don't know what his character name is. But yeah. he looks... And so looking at his, his picture on IMDb, I'm like, I... Maybe? I, maybe? <laughs> I can't tell. Because he's got, like, the, the long hair and the scars Huge and the mustache and, and the beard. And, yeah. But he's intense. He starts shooting at, like, the stormtroopers, and then we're not sure. Crosscuts, it, it might be. I'm assuming it's probably stormtroopers coming off of a platform that he's shooting. That would be my guess. I assume. Yeah, maybe not the same scene, but, like. It's it, a good crosscut. Either it, way, it it worked. Yeah, so. it absolutely did. Uh, and then we get the stormtroopers in that cool tank-looking thing. Dave was really excited about this tank. I like tank warfare. <laughs> and that's why you loved Phantom Menace's Naboo fight so much. All of those disposable droids and those weird brown thingers that had guns on them. <laughs> totally. 
That's exactly it. Yep. Really love The Phantom Menace. I've seen that movie probably more than I should have. <laughs> I think I've seen it like three times. That's probably how many times I've seen it, too. Yeah. But that was enough. More than I should have. Yeah, probably. Uh, but I did, you know, it's Natalie Portman. Got a big thing for Natalie Portman. And Greg Proops. He's one of the heads calling the pod race. What? You didn't realize that? No, I wasn't really paying attention at the yeah. time, but... He's one of the heads calling the pod race. Man, everybody's in Star Wars. At some point. At some point, everybody's in Star Wars. Even Samuel L. Jackson as Mace Windu. Yeah, with his purple lightsaber yeah. so he could see himself in crowd fights. <laughs> Is that why he had it? That was, that's the rumor, at least, yeah. <laughs> oh, God, that sounds like something he would do. Okay, and then we get Donnie Yen. Yep. Who... Is another like super intense dude, and he's blind apparently, blind. and he plays a like a rebel monk or a rebel priest or something. Well, monk's a good way to say it. Yeah, like he senses the force, but he doesn't have any connection to it. Okay, so he's guided by the force, but he's not able to use it. And he said something about that in the in the trailer, like yep. I kind of let the force flow through me or something like that. Guide me, guide me. Yeah, flow through would imply an ability to use, but yeah, yeah. And then he beats up, like, well, we only see him beat up one, but I assume that in the actual movie, we see him beat up, like, six or seven stormtroopers. Yeah, because there's a pile of stormtroopers lying around him, and he has a stick. Yeah. Like a cane. Yeah, or like a staff. It's not even a staff, though, because a staff is, like, six feet tall, and this is a couple feet it's long. It's a walking stick. Yeah. I mean, we all know that stormtroopers can't fight. Well, we know that they can't shoot. They can't shoot. But they and they are armored, but this is before the Ewoks, so it's not good armor yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you know just... when they were defeated by rocks and sticks <laughs> in the extended legendy stuff, like the books, they improve their armor because obviously they realize, hey, maybe we should be protected from rocks and sticks. Yeah, that logic does make sense. I mean, you what's the point of body armor? If a rock can knock you down. I don't know. That's why that was so silly. <laughs> uh, and yet, people don't care. Any Star Wars fan is like, cool, you throw that rock. Yeah. Widget? Is that one of the Ewoks' names? Wicked. Damn it! Oh, I'm, so, I'm getting so close. <laughs> and every time I say it wrong, everybody who's listening is probably just hating me. Well, and hoping that I get it right. Yeah. Because if we both get it wrong, then I get trouble. <laughs> That's true. Everybody, know, like... It is. <laughs> Dave's actually seen some Star Wars. We can cut him some slack. Yeah, <laughs> he's seen all of them, but you know, he's seen Jedi three times, maybe. Yeah. So, I, I, yeah, I'm getting better. Yep. I'm, at least I'm not calling it Star Trek like I used to. That's true. Yeah. Uh, Fixed that in the last episodes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, it's, then after we see our, our, it's our first introduction to K2SO. Yep. Uh, who apparently is voiced by Alan Tudyk. He is. Which is amazing. Yep. That guy's got a great voice for... He's a brilliant voice actor. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he's... I like him as an actor, and he's done some great stuff, but he is a tremendous voice actor. Yep. Um, wow, this is a long one. Well, we keep getting sidetracked. It's true. And it's Star Wars. Yeah, but I mean... So we're kind of... This is about halfway through the trailer. Yep. When we we finally meet uh, K2SO. He's... Massive, Yeah, he's huge. Like, the first time we see him, he's right... Again, talking about scale, he's right up against Felicity Felicity Jones. Right. And, like, he, he's... Uh, we figured he was probably eight feet tall. Cause probably. Because Sean Googled it, and Felicity Jones is five foot three. Yep. 
And he stands at least a couple feet taller than her. Like, he is Easy. a giant. Anyway, I decided he was a combination of C-3PO and Big Hero 6, just because he's kind of big and puffy. But he's also a Star Wars android. And then we, at one point, shortly after, he talks about how there's a 97.6% chance of failure. He definitely channels his inner 3PO. Yeah. In this trailer. Which is kind of awesome, because that is kind of a running theme, is how, when you're flying, it's just like, there's a... X percent of chance of failure. It's like, <laughs> and we Stop always telling us yeah, that exactly. Um, so we go from that to the bad guy, and we don't know. Well, I mean, you looked up the the name, and yep. and but uh, because you said the the main Peter Cushing has passed away. Peter Cushing. I was gonna. I was. I was you like, know who Peter Cushing is? Yeah, I was gonna say Peter Mayhew. I'm like, nope, nope. wrong. Right movie, wrong. Wrong actor. Right. Uh, so Peter Cushing has died, so we can't... He can't come back to play Grandma Tarkin. Obviously. Right. And so we need somebody else. And so we see... And it's just like a quick shot, but he looks angry and focused, and he's just like... Well, he's kind of channeling some Tarkin in him. Yeah. Like, they've kind of made him look a bit like the Grand Moff, but he's not. Yeah. Yeah. And I love the white. Like, the the jet white outfit that he wears, because he stands out on in, like in every Imperial situation. Yeah. So as we see him, then then the music starts. Because before it's just like There's, generic music. No, it's, I mean it's not. No, it's not. It's, is it all Star Warsy music? Yeah, it's oh. the Imperial March done in a soft piano, the way we loved it in Jurassic World through the entire first half of the trailer. Oh, I didn't really pay attention to that because all I heard because I heard the Imperial March as we see him, and then it gets more prevalent. No. Huh. Well, we're Apparently have to watch three this. times wasn't enough for Dave. <laughs> no, it's literally the Imperial March done the way we talked about how much we oh, loved cool. it in Jurassic World. They're just the slow piano, and it's just hints of the Imperial March and Star Wars throughout until huh. it kicks in. Okay, well, then it really kicks in, and then it's like... Yeah. Then you've got... Generic music. Well... <laughs> Shut up. Well, the reason I'm pointing that out is because you're the one that pointed out how much you loved when the music kicked in. I'm like, yeah, especially because they were hinting at it through the first half. Yeah, totally didn't notice that, you guys. Nope. Ha <sighs> Well, I'm just going to walk away now. <laughs> uh, so anyway, we get the slow Imperial March, but we actually, like, I this is when I discovered it. Right, right. as we're going into the Maldives. Yep. And we get palm trees and explosions and shootings and battles and more explosions. And then the X-Wings make an appearance. Yep. And then we get the 97.6% chance of failure. And then one of those flapping platforms explodes. Yep. The first half establishes... And that this is, again, why I'm World War II heist movie in Star Wars. Yeah. Because the first half is establishing, here's the character stuff. Here's the like. Here's the scrappy group yeah. of rebels that we're putting together. And that's literally what it does. It's a Suicide Squad style introduction where it's like, here's everyone who we're gathering mm-hmm. to do this. Now we're going to go do it. And now here's them doing it. The battle, right? Yeah. Like, they're actually now, here's everything, here's the setup, here's who's going to do it, here's We've everything up blowing to it. And that's basically, like, that's the way it's going to go in the movie, too, is it's going to be an hour of... You know, you might get the odd battle here and the odd battle there, but that's what they did in in A New Hope, and that's what they did in in Jedi. It's like you you know yeah. you have a couple and think about any World War Two heist movie, Eagles Dare, or anything, Guns of Navarone, where they're trying to break in and do something. What is it? It's here's some small skirmishes, and then the last half, exactly. well, not quite half. Guns of Navarone, for example, is like three hours. So the last hour and ten minutes right. is all the actual heist and the fighting and the tension and all of that. It's all kinds of exposition to get to that moment where everybody wants to see, and it's blasters, 
and probably lightsabers and AT-8. Nope. No, no. Oh, no, no of course, because there's no Jedi, of course. Nope. Right. So scratch that. So there's blasters. Vader is at the very end of the trailer. So there very well maybe steps in to do something. I don't know. But there's no Jedi fighting. Right, of course. We do know Vader is there. Yeah. Yeah, this isn't spoiling anything for anybody. No, it's the end of the trailer. (laughs) And I think that's... Everybody... It's the same as Kong when we talked about it a couple weeks ago. And there's that last shot of Kong and you see his face and everything like that. Yep. That last... They've they've got trailers down to a science. It's like the the Rogue One Star Wars, and then you hear the the breathing, and you just see the back of his helmet. It's like that's that's whatever. That's the money shot. Yep. So yeah, like you. But we've got blasters. We've got ATATs. We've got X wings. We've got explosions. We've got stormtroopers flying everywhere. The RPG taking down an ATAT fired by we're thinking Jang. Yeah. Yeah, we've got the the flapping platform has been exploded. It's on fire. Like everything is that's that's what we've come to that's what we've paid money to see. Yep. That's what everybody's excited for. And then yeah. there's just all kinds of explosions and kabooms. And then we get the last couple shots, so we have Jin on that platform, that high platform thing, and she kind of is running along the platform. Love that shot. Yeah. And then, so you see her running, and then it's a cut shot, then you see her running away down towards this, like, it's almost like a catwalk. Yeah. And then this TIE fighter just comes hovering up, and it's like, who's, who's flying, what? I don't, oh, that's her at the end, I'm sure, who's probably, like, she's trying to escape, I don't know. Yeah. But it doesn't matter, because it looks awesome. It really does. <laughs> And we get, like, right before the final, like, the title block, we have the team shot where you have the, the three principles. You've got uh, the, 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 the mercenary K- the guy. The mercenary guy, the blind guy. The blind guy. The, the droid. K2SO, yep. And then a bunch of dudes who, as I said, should probably be in red shirts. Yeah. Because. Unless one of them's the one that survives. If everyone else dies and one of them's just like. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when the credits start. <laughs> just like. All right then, yeah. Cool. Didn't see that coming. And then Rogue One and Darth. Yep. Like we spent thirty of thirty-eight minutes talking about the first minute of the trailer, but then after that, like, what can we talk about? It's just shooting in battles, like, yeah, which is awesome, and it looks great, and they've done most of it practically, which is exactly the way yeah. you need to do it. So great, but. There's nothing we can really say other than go watch the trailer to watch stuff kerplode for the last hour. Exactly. Kerplode's our word of the day. It really is. We've, we really settled on kerplode early yeah. and have run with it. <laughs> We're just taking that ball and running with it. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it looks awesome. Gonna go see it? Of course I'm gonna go see it. And gonna try and see it in the theater this time. <laughs> yeah. See, that's that's the key to the answer of this question, because yeah. I think you said that about Force Awakens, too. Yeah, but... There's a whole bunch of personal reasons why I didn't. Which so, is fair. Yeah. So I'm sure I'll be able to find somebody to go to Rogue One with. Yeah. And I'm sure by February I'll have seen it. That's that's my timeline. Okay. I'm hoping before New Year's. Yeah. December's tricky for me. I could. I could not. It's, it's also Depends. like if I don't pre-book tickets, then I have to find. And I have to find one that's not 3D. Yep, which is tricky for you. Which is tricky. So, I'm hoping my my timeline is end of January. Cool. But if I see it before that, I, I would love to see this one in the theater. And I regret not seeing Force Awakens in the theater because of all the explosions and everything. Yep. And it would have been so good on the big screen. But It was. It was so worth it. There's... But... It's too late now. 
No, they'll re-release it. That's true. When episode eight's coming, you can go see it in the big screen before episode eight. I am sure they will do That's it. That's a good call. Because it's a great way for cinemas to make money. Mm-hmm. So, do I have to ask? Yeah. I, I always have to end up saying this, where it's just like, are you going to see this thing yes! in geek culture? No, I was playing oh, into oh. the... Let's try this again. I always have to do this, where I'm like, hey, Dave, are you going to see this thing in geek culture? Okay, great. And then I always move on because I think it's basically assumed that I oh, will right. see it oh, at Sean, some point. Oh, right. Are you going to see this? Yes. Okay. Great. Was there a surprise there? No. Exactly. <laughs> we spent 40 minutes fanboying about it. Of course you're going to go see and it. And most of your detail came from me off the top of my head. <laughs> helping you fill in the things that you needed. Oh, this would have been a way different conversation if this was me just, doing just all you. the details. If I was sick this week, it's like, Dave, you need to react to Rogue One. Oh, man. This guy's fun. Uh, that guy's fun. I don't know, that guy's got a mustache. <laughs> like his hair. There's Forrest Whitaker. Hey, that thing's falling over. Explosion! <laughs> I'm just ending it there. And we're back. Today's second question comes to us via at Sean Cord. Pam wants us to talk about our reaction to the Arrival trailer. Yep. First thing I'm going to do is clarify that Sean did, in fact, go back and play the first, like... Five seconds of the Rogue One trailer, and I totally heard the Imperial which March on the piano, the which piano. is... So, yes, he was right, obviously. I was wrong, obviously, and I'm an idiot. Arrival. Arrival. Whoa. <laughs> so you hadn't seen this yet? I, I didn't even know what was coming. Yeah. I had n- I knew nothing about this. Okay. Um. It kind of looks like Independence Day meets something with a linguist. I don't know if there's any movies about linguists, but, like, it's just, it's another alien movie. Kind of, yeah. Kind of. But it's done a hyper-real, right? Yeah. Like, this is the most, this is a realistic take on an arrival. Yes, and I don't want to diminish the fact when I say it's just another alien movie. Right. Because it doesn't look like just another alien movie. It looks really cool. It's just... It's another movie where you have aliens and where we're trying to figure out what their intentions are and what whether they come in, in peace or whether they are, they are declaring war on, on the human race. Like, we... That is, I think, why alien movies are so enticing to us. Right. Is because if there is other life out there and they do arrive at this planet, what is their intention? Yeah. Are they just looking to, to meet other species out there or are they are they combative and do they want to kill us and take over our planet right so i think there's that deep-seated mystery that goes along with all these different types of movies and this one's not answering it in the trailer like in no. four, you know why they showed up precisely well, basically why they showed up yeah i mean half the movie is them getting it, it's i'm pretty sure in the trailer we saw the white house blow up yeah we did so we knew that it wasn't... They weren't coming in peace. No. And this one, we have no idea. None. And that's really cool. Yeah. And I really... I mean... It looks intense. And it looks like there's a lot of suspense to it. But the suspense is coming along with... It's not just the aliens. It's it's the human interactions. At one point, they say there's, there's 12 different alien pods or whatever. You, I call yeah. them the eggs. Because they're kind of... They're Ooh. oblong-y shaped. Yeah. Yep. But there's these these 12 different alien pods that... They're kind of rice-shaped. Yeah, they are. Like, they're not 
perfectly oval like an egg. It's kind of got that little bit of a, a C shape to it. Yeah. But we the suspense comes from from what are the other cities and locations doing and countries uh, the countries sorry yeah uh, at one point I can never remember the guy who plays Alan or Ar do you remember Michael Stuhlberg right okay Stuhlberg Stuhlberg yeah something like that Stuhlberg yeah yeah uh, he says. It's more complicated than that. What makes it more complicated? Russia's already executed one of their own to save the secret. Yeah. I don't know what they're talking about. Nope. But that's where some of the suspense comes from is Russia's killing people. And there's, you know, there as they say that, there's the the shot in the of the guy running that, and he's spray painted on the wall, save the species. Yep. Which was in UK, I think it said. Because one landed in Derby. Right, yeah. And then there was a shot immediately after that of a whole, like a whole military kind of blockade because one landed in China, mm-hmm. I think, South China Sea. I think so. I think I can't remember. Yeah. Were, it was on the it was on the screen there. Yeah, because when it was the the different red dots, they hadn't gotten that far east. Right, they had started like U.S. Montana. Why an alien would land in Montana? I don't know. Big and flat, I suppose. Well, it's just, it was all random places though. Like why land in Sierra Leone? Why land in Greenland? Right. Yeah. Like it's not. Because in stupid movies, it's always like, they're going to Washington, D.C., because clearly that's where aliens would know to go. Exactly. That doesn't make a lot of sense, whereas this, they're just arriving, it's like... Where's the biggest population centers, or where can we put down? Yeah. Yeah. That looks like a logical place to land. So, with that logic, maybe they're not coming in... Maybe they're not... They don't have malevolent intention, because they... It wasn't they, over the biggest population centers. It's not popular. over L.A. and New York and Mexico City and, and Tokyo. It's over there you go. Montana. <laughs> what? Well, I like how you started with L.A. and New York. And I'm like, aren't, wouldn't Tokyo and... Mexico also, City and... Mexico yeah, City like, obviously, they're, and, I'm just thinking about, like, as far as the states go. Yeah. L.A., New York, I guess. Yeah. Would be biggest... Yeah, but there are way bigger population centers. Absolutely, like India would be smothered in stuff. <laughs> oh, for sure. Right, like the this, yeah, it's just sprawl and big cities, big population centers. There'd be four in China, easy. Canada would be so safe. Oh yeah, here in Calgary, except like, for the GTA. Sure, there's like eight million people. Yeah, there. yeah. I mean, if That's they're going to land in New York, they could land in in the GTA as well. Yeah. But I mean. <laughs> that's you. that's not as entertaining for moviegoers it's, as it's like L.A., Tokyo, Mexico City, Markham. <laughs> <laughs> no, not Burlington. Ah, <laughs> oh, Kingston. <laughs> yeah, that that does make or Hamilton, I guess. For non-Canadian yeah. listeners, GTA is the greater Toronto area, so yeah. Metro Toronto, Toronto, yeah. Toronto at all. Yeah, yeah. So Western Canada. Even Vancouver would probably be fine, but... The first wave would be fine. Can you imagine being in Regina? I'd be like, what, there's something happening out there? I feel great. <laughs> well, time to go to my farm. Got crops to, to seed, I guess. Depending on what time of year. Sure. We don't know what time of year this is. It's true. Yeah. It was very green. It was very green. Yeah. Yeah. It... So let's start the same place we started with the other one. This one's written... It's based on a short story oh, okay. by Ted Chiang. Uh, and Eric Heisserer is the writer. He wrote the Thing remake. Okay. Uh, Final Destination 5, which is probably my favorite of the Final Destinations. Actually? Yeah, oh, okay. I love Final Destination 5 because it, it's meta. It plays with itself, so it oh, kind of cool. messes with the expectations you have for nice. it. 
What else has he written? He wrote Lights Out, which is one of the best horror movies of the year. Okay. Uh, just came out. Oh, okay. Uh, when did that premiere? July something. July 22nd. Like, just, just came out, based oh. on a short film. Uh, he also wrote the screenplay for the remake of Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh! Which nobody was uh, super was... fond of, but it, was the, it wasn't the script's fault, per se. No, and I mean, it wasn't horrible. No. Okay, okay, so he's got some decent credits to him. Yep, he definitely does. And he kind of has that, newer, that suspense horror feel to horror. him. Yeah. He's a horror writer. So that really fits in with an alien movie. And the director is Denis Villeneuve from Trois-Rivières, which I totally... Trois-Rivières? Thank you. Quebec? Yes. Cool. He's a Quebecois. Denis Lemieux? Villeneuve. Villeneuve. Oh, okay. There's like three Trois different... Trois-Rivières. Trois-Rivières. There yeah. we go. Great mini golf course there. Oh, nice. I discovered that in grade nine. I'm sure it's gone by now, but I don't know. Probably. I remember mini golfing there yeah. in grade nine 20 so, years ago. Canadian director. Cool. Same guy who did uh, Sicario and Prisoners. Have yep. you seen Prisoners? I have not seen Prisoners. Okay. Uh, but I've seen uh, Incendies, which is. Oh, yeah. From, from oh, before. that was. Uh, yes. He did that? Yes, he did. Okay, because I haven't seen that. But but there's a play called Scorched, and it was the. Like, it's the, the French version of that play and I've heard it's a really great movie okay okay yeah. yeah so that's it's him okay and Sicario which you said I really need to check out it's wonderful okay it's an amazing he's very 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 good at remakes like at re kind of working things and making it into um like very gritty and it's very realistic okay like he grounds that's the word I was looking for he's he grounds everything very very well oh cool so this will be an incredibly grounded film I'm sure like you will feel like this could happen tomorrow I kind of get that from the trailer and that's and that's what he does right Sicario is it's about like a DEA kind of cross agency operation going into Mexico okay so and that but it's like it's not this intense Hollywoodized actiony sort of thing. It is like here they are with their goggles, night vision goggles on. We're going through tunnels and they're doing like it's... yeah. Well, and this one, right from the get go, I just felt like even the dialogue. Yep. Because there's this was we wrote a lot more of the dialogue down in this one than we did for the for the Force Awakens trailer, just yeah, because just for backups. Yeah. There's less happening in this movie, I suppose. Like, as far as action and stuff, like, it's a lot more... It's a cerebral film. Yeah. Well, it should... I'm assuming it's going to be, because most of it's based on aliens have showed up, how do we react, and what did they want? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's... it's Anyway, there's a lot of a lot of things that I felt they were putting in in the trailer because it was important. Yeah. And and all of that was just so real. Yeah. Like that that opening line where where Amy Adams, by the way, great casting choice. I love Amy yeah. Adams. Actually, all three. I mean, it's Forrest Whitaker Day today. It's Forrest Whitaker Day. If you couldn't tell by the picture that was attached to this podcast, <laughs> unless you get it from a podcatcher that doesn't take our picture, but still, it's Forrest Whitaker. Yeah. I mean, he's a lot more prevalent in this one than he was in the the Force Awakens or the Rogue One Rogue One yeah. trailer. But it doesn't matter. No. Forrest Whitaker is in both trailer reactions today. Very beardless in this. Very beardless. Yep. Much more Eddie Garlic and much less Rogue One. Yeah. Yeah. I like how you tried to tie that to something. Yeah, I was like... I Eddie Garlic and... Crap. <laughs> uh. I know Eddie Garlic was in Good Morning Vietnam and he's the, the private first class or whatever he is. And yep. 
He's he's just the, Forrest Whitaker has gotten promotions inside the army. Yeah, it would be amazing if his this character was Colonel Eddie Garlic. Yeah, it's yeah. a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> the sequel to Good Morning Vietnam when aliens show up. <laughs> anyway, uh, and Jeremy Renner. I love Jeremy Renner. So yeah, it's it's very very good casting from what I've seen thus far. And I don't know. Well, and uh, Stal Stalberg Stuhlberg. Yeah, Michael Stu or uh, yeah, Michael Stuhlberg. Yep. Uh, he's in it. Everybody else, I don't know. I haven't looked at the cast list, but those four. I think that's the principle. That's kind of what I figured. Anyway, so Amy Adams at the beginning says there are days that define your story beyond your life, and then there's the warning siren and people kind of running. Yeah. And then it says like the day that they arrived. Yeah. That's a great establishing shot for a trailer. Establishes her. Establishes her kid. Yeah. In the cowboy costume. In the cowboy with costume. The pink boots with that... the matching boots and, and shirt. Yeah. yeah. Sean was very specific that we had to write that down. So. Yeah. If we're reacting to things, <laughs> we're reacting to everything. But it is. It's a great first shot. Because, yeah. I mean, it shows she's a mom and there's... You things know, there's, were normal. Yeah. Things were normal. There's She's got a vested interest in, you know, that's, that's at least tying everything together. Like, I've got this daughter. I need to save the world for my daughter or whatever the, the or, case may be. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, like, the day they arrived, and then there's the planes that that we... Planes flying to things, and then, basically, Forrest Whitaker shows up at night on her doorstep, and it's like, hey, you need to come with me now. And then we see the shot from, like, her living room, and we see the helicopter flying through the window, and then we get that next shot as it's flying over the sea. Great shot. Yeah. And just, like, it's not, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna drive to the base, and then we're gonna take... It's like... We came in a helicopter to pick you up because you are important and we need your help. Yep. Because uh, she's the linguist. She's, she's the, linguist. the foremost yeah. linguist. So it's it literally is a movie about a linguist yeah. being adopted, grandfathered into an operation. Yeah. And being like, okay, we need to find out what they want. <laughs> yeah. That's priority one. What do they want? Where are they from? Yep. I don't know why we need to know where they're from. That's that was the second part. No, I, so, I get that's yeah, in the trailer, yeah. but like, why do, do we need to know? Like, we know they're probably not Martian because we're on Mars with the rovers and junk. Yeah. So if they tell us in their language we don't understand, someplace <laughs> we don't have a like any map for Rigel Seven. Sure. Yeah. I was gonna go with like Omicron Persei Six. Sure. As, as opposed to Omicron Persei 8, yeah. which is obviously where Lur is from. Yeah. I just felt like we haven't had our Simpsons reference today, so we That's had fair. to get it in there somewhere. So, yeah. Rigel 7. We don't have Rigel 7 mapped out in our universe. And would they call it Rigel 7? Probably not. No. Yeah. So. And she says later on, like, we'll never be able to speak their words mm-hmm. or their language or. Yeah. Yeah, we're. That was. Uh, we're never going to be able to speak their words. That's exactly yeah. verbatim what she says. It's like, I don't know if it's we will never be able to or if it's we won't be able to in the time that we have. I I'm wonder if it's, it's we're never just because our vocal cords are built differently than because all In order to see, say it properly, we'd have to cut your tongue out. Yeah. Yeah. The joy of cooking mailhouse. There you go. <laughs> but like all we see of them is mostly, and this is brilliant, and something that calls back into what you were talking about with Kong and a mm-hmm. little bit. But we know what they look like, whereas we don't know what the aliens look like, aside from when she makes her proper introduction. Yeah. Like, as, we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, but they uh, 
Long story short, she meets the team she's going to be with, which is mostly Jeremy Renner, Forrest Whitaker, and other people. Yeah, and other then, people in that uh, outbreak hazmat suit. Yeah, yeah. So then they're in hazmat suits. They go to the ship thing. The ship apparently opens every eighteen hours. Mm-hmm. A door. They go into the door. Gravity shifts. Yeah, and then there's that cool shot of them walking upside down as they, as they are walking towards like. The glass, the window, yeah. I guess. It's like a window. Yeah. It's a separation yeah. for a discussion to happen between or whatever. Yeah. Because I'm guessing that their air quality is different than ours. And so it's like, that's that's like the viewing room, basically. Yeah. yeah. This is where you come to talk to us. It's like an airlock. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially. Exactly. So they just don't blow the airlock for them to come out. Yeah. Yeah. So you get there. And so... She strips down because they've got the canary there, and then she says, "You know, they have to see me." Which, how awesome was that? Because you didn't even like you don't even think about that, but that's that's what I mean about Villeneuve's style. Is it's yeah. just like how would we actually think about this? That hyper realism, like, yeah. Canary in the coal mine. Yeah. Okay, well, if the canary goes, we'll still have time, but perfect. Exactly. And we don't have to rely on sciencey things. We don't know if it'll work in the ship. Yeah. What's going to happen? Fine. Canary in a cage. It's. We're, that's a throwback to a hundred years ago. Yeah, we're just like this is what we need. War. <laughs> yeah, this works. This works. This yeah. is a tried and true system. Yeah, we'll bring the canary. The canary's tripping around. Yep. And so, so she she's like, all right, great. Yeah, takes everything off. They have to see me. They yeah. need to see me. Yeah. And then so she goes running up and she just puts her hand on the glass. And then the only shot we see of these creatures. Yeah. And I don't know if it's like we don't even know how much of the alien this is. Yeah. No clue. It could be a hand. Like, that could literally just be its hand. Yep. But we have no idea. Or that's a Zoidbergy like face. Totally. No clue. We have no idea. And all we see is this, I call it an octopus, but we stopped, rewound, and paused. And there's only seven, so it's a heptopus. Yep. And it slams up against the glass, and she says, you know, that's that's a proper introduction. Which is a great line. Great line. And that's all we see of them. Yep. There's another shot later when she's going through... They're back in that viewing airlock yeah. thing, and she's writing down because right. she's trying to get some sort of verbal language yeah. to be able to speak. So she writes down, and then there's like shadows moving in, whatever that white mist is, mm-hmm. before their writing shows up. Yeah. So, but we don't. It's shadows. We don't. Yeah. Like it's 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 we don't get full shots, and so I don't know. Which is good for a trailer. It's so good for a trailer, and who knows how much we're gonna see of them? Yeah, maybe nothing. That could be all we see. Yep. I doubt it, but it's hard to say. I mean, this isn't a movie about... I'm, I'm predicting. Yeah. I don't think this is a movie about alien attacks, and it's not like we're going to see Kang and Kodos running. We got a lot more in this one than we did in the last one, in the in the Star Wars one. But we're yeah. not going to see Kang and Kodos running around imprisoning people. Right. I feel like there's too much already happening, and there's too much other story for there to be another hour where these aliens now come and try and enslave the human race and then we have to figure out how to stop them. That doesn't seem the way that this movie is going. Right. Sure, there might be an attack. Maybe. I just don't see it. But at the same time, it's it feels like as we continue on, you even brought up before when Stuhlberg was talking about how Russia's already killed one of their own Protect the Secret. Like, this is, this is something that could have the human race destroy itself. Mm-hmm. Or it's a chance to work together, mm-hmm. which is a lot like that South Park episode. Did you see that South Park episode where a space gangster lands with a whole bunch, like, I don't remember how many, hundred million space bucks? 
or whatever and crashes and then yes so like space police show up yep i know it took me a while to figure that one out but yes i have seen that one yeah (laughs) and because they're working together to to hide hide the the money the, the money yeah but it was all an elaborate test to see if it was if Earth was ready to join the galactic community and they proved, well, Randy proved that they definitely weren't, so they've been isolated for another hundred years or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Oh, Randy Marsh. But this is obviously, that's obviously South Park, but this is kind of, I'm wondering if it does have kind of that sort of flavor. This is the first contact. Yeah. Because we're not ready to go out and meet anyone on our own, which is always the most dangerous way to do this. Yeah. But this is this could literally be that to see how we react, and yeah. we don't react well. No. And I think that is human nature, is to just instantly react poorly, and just, like, it is it is the human condition to kind of respond chaotically. Yep. Which is depressing, but it's the way that we're wired. Yep. Um, so that's, like, that possibly, because you were talking about the, you don't think there's going to be an attack. Mm-hmm. So that could be where this ends up. Mm-hmm. Based on this trailer, we have no idea. Yeah, I mean, this, this is, is like the Batman v Superman thing. If if Superman's dead, sorry, but we're basing all of this off of a trailer, off a two and a half minute trailer that we I have just seen today. I assume you've seen it already. Yeah, I've seen this one yeah. once before. Okay, and then we got the question. And I was like, I'll just save it. Cause sure. We'll... Yeah, because we're gonna be talking about it anyway. Yeah. Um, just rewinding a little bit, mostly because I really like the shot. Sure. That first shot of when we see the egg grain of rice, the the big alien pod. Yep. Great shot. The with the helicopter carrying the cape, like and the, 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 the towards the, that forward. The clouds kind of cascading down the yeah. down the side of the slope. Like it's just there's nothing beyond the fact that it's the first time we've seen the the alien craft. Yep. It's just a beautiful shot. It really is. But there's nothing weird about it, no. other than the alien craft, and yeah. that's and it's supposed to be weird. It's yeah. supposed to stand out, whereas everything else is just like, oh wow, okay, yeah, cool, yeah, exactly. And then we see them, man. That there, this is the sort of movie like Star Wars looks cool. It looks fun. It looks like exactly what I want out of a Star Wars movie. Yeah, this is the sort of movie. It looks really. It looks stark. Yeah, oh yeah, it probably will be. If it, if Villeneuve's like canon of work is informing this one, it's yeah. going to be very stark. I mean, there and there's just so much, like, in that, when they're upside down or in the viewing room, yeah. it's the, the dark material that, that, the, that, the, that the ship's made out that of. That the ship is made out of. Yep. And then that bright white screen, and you kind of get that shot of the four, I think there's four of them, who are almost silhouetted by the brightness of that, of that window. Yep. And it just... Man, it looks so cool. Yeah. But there's nothing <clears throat> fancy about it. It's not hyper-stylized. It's no. not, like, all flashy. It's stark, and it's real. It's an, it's still an alien spacecraft, so it's as real as that can get, but that's grounded, yeah. right? Like, it's not a 50s sci-fi ship where everything's buttons and mm-hmm. weird fog and lights everywhere and catwalks, and no, it's... It's an airlock. Exactly. It's a viewing room. I mean, maybe there's more. Obviously, there's a, a command center and, like, a, a cockpit, I guess, for lack of a better term, somewhere in the ship because it has to It has to have control somewhere. Probably, But yep. we don't need to see that because we are just trying to communicate with these aliens. Yeah. 
And then I love their like that when so when she puts up that sign that says human. Yep. <clears throat> and then we see kind of that swirling ink blot looking thing. Yep. And then I don't know <clears throat> so is that like to me is that is that like a Japanese symbol where that's a full word? It could be. Cause I feel like when she put that up there, human, I feel like they were responding with an, a word a themselves. Word. Very well could be, yep. But I don't know. Like that's the cool thing about this is it's just so unknown. It's up in the air. Yeah. Which is the most realistic way you could do a first contact. Absolutely. Uh, so then, right towards the end of the trailer, we have, you know, like all trailers, most trailers have, you have the, you know, the the different, it's like not a slogan, but it's like... It's essentially a log line or a tag. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But it gets split up between, it's like, you get a half of it, and then you get a scene, and you get another half of it, because... They're trying to keep it's you building. on edge. Yeah. It's building. And so it's the secret to our survival, only she can uncover. Those are the two different ones. But they're split by her talking about how we need to explain to them that there's we need to explain the difference between a weapon and a tool. Language is messy and some can, sometimes can be both. Yeah. That's the biggest thing, I think, that that separates this from all other alien movies that we've seen is there's this cognizant revelation that we need to make sure that they don't we don't want them to feel threatened we're working on it from a scientific perspective as opposed to a a weird just uh, as opposed to a hollywood perspective this is going the way that we would hopefully handle this Mm -hmm. so then i mean oh god and then (laughs) it's just so overwhelming almost because there's i was kind of speechless when i first saw it yeah you were because it looks very cool. Yeah. And then you get to see AR, which it took me a second because he looks heavier or it's the long hair or the lack of like 1920s suit. There's something about him that it was just like, this looks different to me. Yeah, a little. But then I was like, is that? And you're like, yeah, that's AR. Oh, <laughs> right. That's, that's who that is. And then we talk about there's 20 hours before a global war. We figure, and that well, that's was... what they said in the you know. There's 20 hours before a global war, yeah. And it's like we don't know is that the world, the entire war world, is going to break out. Are they? Are the aliens attacking? It's so vague, yeah, and ambiguous that we don't know what what they're alluding to. Which is great because it like I don't want to know that answer. Well, now you want to see it exactly, right? Like you're not sitting there going, ah, oh, so mankind's going to destroy itself and they're going to leave, but they're going to save the the linguist cuz she seems nice. Yeah. If that happens, I'll be so angry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but right at the end, Vildo's she... listening like, huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. No. Push back to no, the next year because they needed to do some edits. <laughs> no. But she does, they, they say, how are we going to do this? She says, I need to go back. And she goes in, we think she goes in alone. Presumably by herself, yeah. And then we see another explosion, which was awesome yep. because it you was got a to say explosion. Yeah. And that's kind of the end of it. We don't know, like, there's well, a lot of quick cuts and everything like that. Well, what was, they all start leaving. The yeah. ships start to leave. And then Forrest says, Whitaker says at the end, uh, why do I, why does this feel worse? Yeah. It's like, oh, 
that hopefully that's not the ending. Yeah, but that would almost be a great ending. Yeah, totally. The aliens leave, and it's like oh, I'm not, like you almost miss them. What yeah, is, oh, or missed our chance. Or yeah, what happened? Or now the world's going to fight itself over something. Or and they just don't want to be around for that. Or whatever. They just yep. something's. In, oh my god, what a downer that would be of an ending. Yeah, but it's start realist Villeneuve. It's possible. Yeah, I doubt it. Yeah, I think there'll be more of a like that might be the ending, but I can't see it ending on a line he put in a trailer of his. No, I, I understand. Yeah, so. Yeah, probably not. Uh, I thought when you said you doubt it, I w- you were gonna just you were immediately answering the question I was about to ask of whether or not you were gonna go see it. Oh, <laughs> are you gonna go see? It? I doubt it. <laughs> oh, okay. Are you gonna see this one in the theaters? That I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, I know Maybe. you go to so few movies in a year, and so do I. That it's. Yeah. I don't know if I'll be able to see this one in the theaters. Depends on what its release schedule is like. Right. Because, like, Sicario was out here in theaters for a week, maybe two. Right. So if it's like that, that could be tricky. And then I might be waiting for VOD. And provided my finances get arranged, I'll be in San Francisco the day it comes out. Yeah. So I won't be able to go see it the day it comes out and if I you know by the time if it's wide release if it's wide release exactly if it's wide release it'll be there yeah but I'll be seeing Temple of the Dog that night yeah I get that but still I I know what you're saying but yeah so I mean maybe maybe I could but I don't know if this is one it's not necessarily at the top of my list of movies I want to see in the theater but I do want to see this movie yeah definitely yeah so We'll see. There's other ones, like, I would rather, if I had to pick one more, I would rather see Star Wars in the theater than this one. Right, but I think, like I said, it depends on if it has a wide release and it's in theaters for, like, a month, so I could actually go see it. Great. But if it does the Sicario thing, where I'm like, oh, I think I'd actually like to go, oh, it's already, it's gone. Okay, great. Then that'll be kind of hard. Fair. Well, I guess that's it. You... Mr. and Miss Internet are the lifeblood of our podcast, and we want to answer your questions or just have a good old chat. Do you want to talk to us on Twitter? I can be found at David Ron, that's Ron with two N's. Sean is at Sean Cord, that's Sean with a U, although most of you guys know that. And we are at Guys from Podcast. Email us at guysfrompodcast at gmail.com. Facebook us at Guys from. The Guys from. At The Guys from. Yep, thank you. Write it on a volleyball, give the volleyball hair, and spike it in any direction. Yeah! The Wilson angle. (laughs) If you enjoy the Guys From Podcast, tell your friends, tell your family, tell strangers. Write it on your raft when you're going floating down the river. It doesn't matter how you tell people, only you can help our podcast grow. Also, if you could... If you enjoy what we do, throw us a rating or review on iTunes. That would really help us get the guys from podcast out there. We are available pretty much everywhere podcasts are found, including Player FM, Two Thumbs Up Media, Podbean, and Stitcher, the innovative on-demand podcast app. Hey Dave, is there anything you wanted to plug? Since we basically talked about science fiction all day, I'm just going to ask, when was the last time you watched the original Terminator? I bet you it's been long enough that you should probably go watch it again. Me too. So I'm going to go do that, and you should too. Sean? Did you just convince yourself to do something in your plug? Well, no, I, I was already planning on maybe rewatching it, but since I was like, well, you know what, maybe I should. <laughs> this is going so well. 
Our ending is the best. It really is. On our website, theguysfrom.com, aside from hosting the podcast with the best endings possible, we also write articles on things like music, that's indie music every Tuesday, throwback tracks every Thursday, movies, we are still doing that Simpsons list, eventually we're going to stop saying this, and that will mean that all of them are out. But that's not yet, because there's more. That's right. And where can I find all that again? www.theguysfrom.com Right. Thank you. Also, head to iHorror.com for all of your horror news, interview, Halloween, and review needs. And also, Dave mentioned it before, I am playing No Man's Sky right now uh, on PS4. I get that it's divisive, it's definitely not for everybody, and there are the odd bugs here and there, but I am having a wonderful time with it. So if you are into survival exploration sort of games. If you ever wanted to be Spaceman Spiff from Calvin and Hobbes, this is a game you should check out. Very cool. Special thanks to The Sweets for our great opening music. Check out their website at www.wearethesweets.com. And I know I talked about it last week, but it's still the Olympics and it bears repeating. Well done, Canada. For our Nordic country, you guys are killing it at the Summer Olympics. Uh, A few gold. Derek Joanne the other night with the tremendous high jump. Uh... Penny Alexiak has become a national hero. Uh, Andre DeGrasse has been lighting it up on the track, which yeah. is tremendous. And it's just been really fun to cheer for Canada and has made me really proud to call myself Canadian. So, well done, and until the next Olympics. This has been episode 129 of the Guys From Podcast. Thanks for listening. Once again, I'm Sean. And I'm Dave. Taking us out this week is Diatessaron and their song, Kite Strings. Remember, you can check them out on diatesseronband.com or their other site diatesseron.bandcamp.com Remember, if you have an original song that you would like us to feature at the end of our podcast send us an mp3 or the link to your SoundCloud along with any information about your band that you would like us to pass along We are big fans of the indie community and we want to lend our support Our email address is guysfrompodcasts at gmail.com Have a great week, everybody. The Guys From Podcast is brought to you in part by nothing but Kerplosions. Kerploding. Kerplosion Podcast. Me and my vessel know I'm old and it's time to go. Me and my vessel know I'm old and it's time to go.
It's time to go.